0: Welcome grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. 2nd Timothy chapter number 3, we're on verse number 5. Let's begin reading God's word at verse number 5. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. It can look like God. It can sound like it's from God. It can look like it appears like it's something that has to do with God, but it's not. It's only a form. You go to South Philadelphia, you can see the the rocky statue in the entrance of the art museum. It's not really Sylvester Stallone. It's not really rocky. It's a form that they took of him and put there. It's not real. The John Wesley Monument. I think it's somewhere in Georgia. That's not really Brother John. <laughs> it's just a form. A monument of him. You go up in the Roman Catholic Church. You see statues all over. It's a form of godliness. It's to kind of make it feel like it's mystical and spiritual and all this stuff. It's not God. It's a form. It's a form. How does all this take place? This form of godliness. What did we read in the first couple of verses? Just bring your eyes back to verse 2. People become covetous, proud, boasters, blasphemers, disobedient, unthankful, unholy. Without natural effect. All this stuff. All this stuff leads people... Man, you you put on the form, but it's not it's not of God. Now get over to Philippians 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, chapter 2. The most remarkable act of humility in the history of mankind right here. Our Savior coming down in His absolute lowest position and He came down in the form of a servant. Verse number 6. Who? Being in the form of God. He's in a body of flesh. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus Christ is 100% completely equal with God. You know what the form he took was? The lowest form imaginable. A humble servant. You know what form we should take on? The form of a humble servant. Made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself. We should do that. Humble ourselves, that is. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Our Savior, He doesn't ask for us to pay for our sins. He doesn't ask for us to die for anybody. He did it all. But you know what we can learn? To be humble. To be servants. To try to take on a form that's Godly of God. All right, let's go back. 2 Timothy chapter number three. Where are we at? Verse number five. From such, turn away. But denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. There's a couple things in the Bible that talk about denying. First off, people want to deny the Lord and we see that in 2nd Peter chapter 2. Let's go there right quick. 2nd Peter 2. 2nd Peter chapter number 2, verse number 1. But there were false prophets also among the people. That's not going to change. They're all over the place. Even as there shall be false teachers among you, who shall privily who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. What's the damnable heresy? Even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. People are going to deny the Lord. You're going to know they're going to be a false prophet. You're going to know they're going to be among you. And they're going to bring in damnable heresies. You know what it is? They're going to deny the Lord. Oh, you know what? Jesus really isn't equal with God. He was kind of made and all... It sneaks into all types of Christian churches. They want to deny who the Lord is. That's a damnable heresy. Let's go to Jude. A little bit of insight here. Verse number four. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. What are they to do? turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what they're going to do? Creep in. There's going to be ungodly men and they turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. That's lustfulness. They use the doctrine of God's grace To give indulgences to do wicked, carnal things. Oh, let's just indulge in sin so that God's grace may abound. You hear people say, uh, oh, you believe once saved, always saved. That must mean that, oh, you can just go and do whatever you want. Well, the Bible says, God forbid. Why would you, being a blood-bought saint, want to abound yourself in sin? God forbid. Why would you want to do that? Buy a pardon for sin and you're good. That's Roman Catholic philosophy that has snuck into a lot of churches. You know what? If I just go out and sin on Friday night, well, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. I'll be alright. They have all these things in, in Roman Catholicism. One of them's Ash Wednesday. You know what comes before Ash Wednesday? Fat Tuesday. You know what you do on Fat Tuesday? You get fat on sin. And then you go through a period of abstinence. All of that is junk. It's not of God. It's not of God. We don't turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. We don't say, oh, we're saved by God's grace so we can go out and do whatever we want. No born-again child of God would go out and do whatever they want. They would be led by the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit told me. No, He didn't. Because what you're saying and what the Bible says doesn't line up. It can't be completely anything remotely Close to the Holy Spirit's leading. Titus 2. We need to deny this form of godliness. We need to watch for people that deny that the Lord Jesus Christ is God. Equal with God. We need to be careful and on watch that people don't deny our Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ and turn His grace into lasciviousness. We need to watch for that, but here's what we should deny. Teaching us, that's the saved child of God, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Well, I just like candy. I do too, and I buy it when it goes on sale. Well, I just like dressing up. My kids do. And tomorrow, one's probably going to be a cowboy and one's probably going to be a cowgirl. I agree. I like candy. I like dressing up. But this worldly, ungodly, wicked practice of taking pagan things and making them into Christianity is not of God. Well, can't you have a trunk or treat? No, it's worldly lust. I'm not going to disguise something to kind of make it where it really isn't what they're doing, but it is. Why can't we just look at it and say, you know what? I just want to be sold out for God. Kids, much as little. You want to dress up? Dress up. You want to come with a cowboy outfit to church? Have at it. There's nothing out there for you and all that other stuff in the world. It's empty. It's vain. There's nothing there. Nothing there. But it's fun. I want to have fun. It's the allure and it's the pull. And you kids are going to have to make a decision. Right now, mom and dad will make the decision for you. But you're going to have to make a decision who you want to live for and what you're willing to do without. Alright, let's get back to 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, verse number 6. Look what it says. For of this sort... Look at this. Having the form of godliness, but denying the power of the from such turn away. For of this sort... Are they which creep into houses... And lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts. Silly. There are some women that are just silly. They might be weak in intellect, they might be foolish, they might not have any wits about them, they might just not have any common sense. But whatever it is, the deception that Satan uses hasn't changed since the garden. Who did Satan begin the temptation with? Eve. It hasn't changed. Satan's tricks are the same. Silly women that can be weak-minded. And an easy appeal of temptation is all that is needed. Fathers, grandfathers, older brothers, this is why it is important for you to build up your daughter, your granddaughter, your sister, so that she is not weak-minded. You can't spend your lifetime raising them and not developing these common sense skills with them. They need to have fatherly affection. They need to have brotherly love. They need to have grandfatherly affection and love so that when they get older, they know what real love is. And they're not weak-minded. They have a strong dad to lean on. They have a strong grandfather to lean on. They have a strong older brother to lean on. But some are just silly women. They're easily flattered. Girls got to be careful of this and you, you your girls growing up just because a boy says something nice to you don't believe him initially there's a saying i like to live by it's not from the bible but i think it's a bible principle believe but verify <laughs> people tell me all the time yeah i'm going to do a great job on your on your on your cabin and some do i believe them And some don't. And I'm able to verify that. But girls, believe but verify. And you're going to be a teenager someday, young girls. Oh, but dad. Oh, but mom. He said so many nice things to me. Yeah, he's lying. (laughs) Maybe you don't want to be that. Don't fall for this. I'm easily flattered niceties. Now watch what happens. All of this last day's stuff. One through four. Then we get into five and six. And we're told that it creeps into houses. For of this sort are they which creep into houses. How? How? Well, modern day, turn on the TV. Modern day, Whatever genius parent decided to hook internet service up inside their child's bedroom. Oh gee, yeah, you're, you're winning father of the year. That's a dumb idea. It's going to creep in. That's modern day romance novels. Ladies sit at home. Oh, <laughs> It's a bunch of fluff. And they get all of this stuff. Soap operas. How does it creep in? Well, dad's at work all day, and a knock on the door by a JW or a Mormon, and something creeps in. Don't let him in the house. Don't let the creep in. (laughs) He's a creep. You witness to him on your front porch, don't let him in your house. And you're going to give Him your truth and you're going to witness to Him. Don't allow His junk to creep in. Don't allow it. Don't be rude. Don't be mean. Don't punch them in the nose. But they'll creep in. They'll creep in. I appreciate questions. I appreciate... anybody comes to me with anything, I'll listen to it. But I'm counting on a few of the men and the ladies in this church. If somebody's creeping on the side, I'd like to know about it. Why don't you tell the pastor that? (laughs) Why don't you talk to Brother Jimmy about it? I talk to him about stuff. He doesn't seem to have a problem with it. We don't want to creep. That breaks churches up. Now, we're small in number. we got a sweet spirit. Everybody here loves the Lord. That's great. Praise God. Let's ride that high. <laughs> but we still need to watch. Somebody wants to come in and creep these little doctrines in. All right. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's go back to 1st Timothy chapter number two. What is the knowledge of the truth? 1st Timothy chapter two, verse number four. The Bible says, 1st Timothy two, four, who? We'll have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Salvation. I believe that's the specific context here. People are ever learning. You can learn a lot of stuff. You kids like school? No. But are you learning something? You're learning stuff. That's great. That is great. You've heard it said before. Education. Education. Without salvation, could end up turning into a big waste of time. (laughs) Because you're going to enter into eternity someday, and salvation is your most important thing you can learn and come to the knowledge of that truth. There's people that know a lot of stuff. They know a lot of religion. They study a lot of things. They're very knowledgeable. They're always learning. You know, you find this in in the business world or in the work world where people become professional visitors. They'll sit and visit with somebody and they know a lot of stuff about a lot of things, but they'll never make the sale. They'll never get the job. They'll never go to work. They just visit. And they know a lot of stuff. They always learn. God's saying hey, we need to be careful. In the last days, this deception that we see, it is disguised to turn you from not coming to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to keep that in the back of our minds when we're witnessing to people and we're doing personal evangelism because these are the last day times. The deception is, make it where they're just not going to come to the knowledge of the saving faith of Jesus Christ. Let them learn. It's okay. Let them be religious. It's okay. Let them do uh, humanity efforts. It's okay. Let them do that. Let them do that. Let them keep it up. Just don't let them come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the deception. That's what we're dealing with. They're imposters. Now look what it says in verse number 8. Now as Janus and Jambres. Who are they? I don't know. They're not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. But what do we know about them? They withstood Moses. Well, who withstood Moses in the Old Testament? Well, that was Pharaoh. Pharaoh. That was his wise men and Pharaoh's sorcerers and Pharaoh's magicians. What did they do? They withstood Moses. They didn't want the truth of Moses as God. So my assumption is is that that's who they were. But here's the bigger thing. Draw the lens back. What did men in the Old Testament do? When Moses brought the truth to Pharaoh, what did they do? What did he do? Resist the truth. What do people do today in the last days? They resist the truth of our God. And that is what they have done. And that is what they will continue to do. It doesn't matter if we're in Old Testament times. It doesn't matter if we're in New Testament times. People are going to resist the truth that God reveals. And it doesn't matter if Pharaoh is ruling in Egypt or Donald Trump is ruling in American democracy. It doesn't matter. People will resist the truth. It doesn't matter who it is. Praise God, we're going to have a righteous ruler who will rule and reign forever. Now look. So, do these also resist the truth? Men of corrupt minds. What's the easiest way to get a corrupt mind? Resist the truth. Old Testament. What do you do? It says they corrupted themselves by making images. That's how they resisted the truth. I got five verses. You ready for them? I'm going to start flipping. Let's get Psalm 53. We can do a sword drill. See which kid gets there first. You get there first, hold your Bible up. Psalm 53. Go. And get 1 Corinthians 15 in your other hand. Oh, we got somebody. All right, good job. You got it? All right. And then we need 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15:33. All right, Psalm 53.1, let's do that one first. Everybody knows this verse. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. But when I studied this out, I forgot that there was a second part of that verse. Corrupt are they. You know how you corrupt your mind? By saying in your heart, there is no God. And have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. How do you corrupt yourself? You act like a fool, and in your heart, you say there's no God. You don't want to do that. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 33. Here's how you corrupt yourself you corrupt your manners. The Bible says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. It doesn't matter, Old Testament or New Testament. What goes into your ears goes into your mind. What goes into your eyes goes into your mind. What goes into your, it, it's, it will corrupt you. This evil type of communication will corrupt you. All right, Ephesians 4 and 2 Corinthians 2. Ephesians 4, we see it again about corrupt about communication. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Hard verse to live, but let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Tough to do in tough times. Tough to do when someone's wearing you out. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's where, last day, here's where we're at. Watch. 2.17 For we are not as many... Which corrupt the Word of God. This isn't we disagree on something. This is preachers and church people that completely corrupt the Word of God. This isn't I see this verse different than you, or I, I think this I think this verse in Ezekiel is no 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 that's studying the Bible, that's iron sharpening iron, that's I'm talking about people that completely corrupt God's word. Colossians 1:14 we saw earlier in Sunday school through his blood take it out they want to corrupt God's word. That's what we need to be careful of in these last days. Last ones, one, 1st Timothy, let's get back into that book. And then we'll head back to 2nd Timothy. But let's get 1st Timothy chapter 6. 1st Timothy chapter 6. Verse number five, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. I'm telling you, people's minds are corrupt today. And destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Little as much, we sang it. Little as much. Be careful. Kids, be careful. This world system wants to take your mind and corrupt it. Turn it from the knowledge of the truth. How do I protect myself against that? Stay in God's Word. Stay around God's people. Take advice from older Christians. Don't let your mind get corrupted. Now, we're going to finish up verse number 9. Last verse. Second Timothy. Chapter 3, verse number 9. Now, is, well, okay, verse number 8, we'll back it up, get the context, and we'll close. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds. They're reprobate, that means they're abandoned in sin. They say they know God, they might be religious, but they're lost as it can be reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also were. What did what do we don't see Janice and Jambres mentioned anywhere else but here. But what do we know? They, 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 they didn't want God's truth. And what do we know that they found out? Everything comes out in the wash and they couldn't compete with God. Pharaoh, Pharaoh's magicians, Pharaoh's sorcerers, Pharaoh's... They couldn't compete with God. And you know what's going to happen now? People are going to find out They can't compete with our God. They never will. They might think they will. They might resist the truth. They might not want to hear what you have to say, but they can't compete with our God. And that's who we serve. We don't have a corrupt mind. We're a new creature in Christ. We need to rejoice in that. We need to march forward in that. But we've got it. We've got it. The world is eventually going to see it because this world system's going to end. Christians that are really searching for truth and not resisting the truth, they are eventually going to see it and they are eventually going to understand it. All how are all, how are thousands and thousands of people going to so-called Christian churches this morning? But Friday and Saturday night, they were drunk as skunks. They didn't know who they were shacking up with. Now they're in church on Sunday, and the result's going to be the same thing next weekend? How does that happen? The deception. Let him be in church. It's fine. Let them go. Let him listen. Let them do all that. Just don't let them come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't know who's saved. I don't know who's not saved. You don't know who's saved. You don't know who's not saved. We can listen to somebody's testimony. We can see how they live their life. But at best, that's all we can do. God knows the heart. God knows the heart. But this thing is going to implode. That's my opinion. And true Christians looking for truth, searching for truth, are going to see the deception. And then they're going to start to come and hear God's word. Last days, spiritual battle, corrupt minds, withstanding and resisting truth. You think this is going to be an easy game, boys and girls? You're getting prepared to live a life as a Christian soldier. Let's bow and pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We've got a lot. We've got a lot that we need to be on watch for. We have a lot that we should be praying about. We have a lot of work to do for you, Lord. Help us. Lord, help us. We we can get off on so many rabbit trails, and the next thing you know, Help us, Lord, to stay on course. Lord, You said that You would build Your church and we are praying for that here. Thank You for the saints that are able to gather here together. We thank You for the Good Spirit here, Lord. We thank You that we can open the Bible and just go through it. Help us to apply what we've learned this week in a real way with real people. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.